from Amaya Media, you're listening to CSR of One, I'm Courtney Brandt. Like many of us this year, our guest found herself with a lot of unexpected downtime. And while many of us, perhaps myself included, came up with different ideas of what we would optimistically do, Christine Wilson decided to dust an idea off the shelves that she'd been thinking about for years. By her own admission, she's dabbled at other projects, but her most recent attempt, phead.eco, is already off to a fantastic start. So, what exactly does Christine make? Well, if you're a current or former UAE resident, you might instantly recognize her designs. You see, Christine has managed to incorporate something that's been a UAE staple since the 1960s. She's found a way to upcycle the humble spinnies bag. We went down to Christine's workshop to find out more about her process and approach. But first, we wanted to know where the name Peahead came from and about defining bags of gratitude. The, the name's a family name, so obviously I like to think that it was given to me for my large intellect and wiseness, of course, but it wasn't. I was about 16, I think, and it was a family name. I've got a very small head. Anytime you try to do anything with a helmet, it's the children's helmet that comes out. So uh, it's a father, I think he was the one that coined it, first of all. And then it stuck. So whenever I opened my first business, which was an event in Edinburgh, um, I called it, I owned it at that point and called it Peahead. So it's been recycled for this. Year. Well, that's that's appropriate. And as we get into it, um, for those who don't know your products, I guess I'll say how I came to you. First, I found you on the Springs, which is the kind of community element. And you can talk more about this, that you had been uh, requesting from neighbors and community members for spinnies bags. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, what is this girl on about? Why does she need spinnies bags? And then I went to your Instagram page and I saw that you had upcycled um, spinnies bags into very useful products. Um, and for those who, you know, this is, you know, a podcast, but I would encourage them to go because you can picture it in your head, but you really need to see what it looks like for it to make sense. Um, so what is your origin story? Tell us how you went from like a spinnies bag to a full product. It's like most things. It didn't just start overnight and it didn't happen, you know, out of sitting on the sofa one day. It's been a long process. It's been several years I've been looking at you know, cutting down on waste and being more responsible and uh, trying to live green and not be guilty about still using lots of plastics. It's impossible to not do so. Uh, after many failed projects, in Ireland we drink a lot of milk and there's a lot of plastic milk bottles. And so I tried to make a door wedge from these plastic milk bottles. It took about four or five of the large two-litre milk bottles that I'd pushed into a wooden mould and I'd sanded it and it looked pretty cool. And it didn't hold the door open at all. I mean, <laughs> like, how do you make a door wedge that doesn't hold a door open? You know, it's a very simple design. But it just didn't. And so I, I got lots of stick from lots of people at that point. Uh, I didn't give up. I would be making door wedges. I thought, all right, so maybe the door wedge industry isn't where my heart lies. But I'd continued with the plastic. And so here, uh, I only arrived less than a year ago to join my partner. And it's a different story. So it's water bottles here and it's plastic bags here. And so using what you have around you. I mean, the winds that come in Dubai, they were swirling around outside these spinnies bags, you know, it was our closest supermarket. And so I'd started to use them, I'd seen, I'd looked on YouTube and how you can make fabric from the plastic Mm -hmm. and how to process them and iron them and make use of them. And so the bags apparently are better at holding the door open than the wedges were, is what I'm told. So yeah, that's, it just began with a little purse and figuring out how to work with zips and uh, so it was never about the design of bags to begin with. It was about recycling the plastic. And then once I've gotten into that and once COVID came, and I find a bit of excitement with sewing because all of a sudden I'm getting the age where sewing super cool. 
And so that's what happened. Lots yeah. of YouTube videos. So, okay, so you, you have this idea. Um, how did it work then with the community or your neighbors? Did you just put a call out like, hey, I need all your spinnies bags? Because we all keep the spinnies bags. Of course we do. When I don't have one that off occasion, there are definitely spinnies bags underneath my sink right now. For yeah. sure. <laughs> Everybody does. That's it. And so we had friends and neighbors that would visit and they have lots of children and people come in and out of their house quite a lot and they end up with this accumulation of bags that they want to keep using. And so... That's what had happened once it run out of ones in our own house. And I could see everybody in the neighborhood coming back with their spinnies bags. So I knew they had them and they couldn't hide. So I put the little box outside the door with a note on it and popped it on the community website asking for people to donate their bags. I had to fight off the security guards every day because they wanted to move my box away. They didn't quite understand what was happening. But um, every day I would have a trickle of new bags that were popped in. And I think there was a a day where there was nothing, and perhaps maybe my next-door neighbour, who would be a very quiet gentleman, um, had felt sorry for me, and there was a brand-new, unused spinny bag <laughs> that I think perhaps he maybe picked up, especially for me, and I thought, oh, that's very sweet, but not the point. <laughs> so um, in generating, you have different products available, and again, I would 100, like 100% encourage people to go look. Um, what was your first prototype? What was the kind of one where you, and, and also how many spinnies bags then did you utilize to kind of make that first bag mm. the first one was two spinnies bags and it was a simple zipper pouch uh, and I was always quite adamant that it had to be um, something usable and aesthetic it had to be something you wanted to to have in your hands and not be rubbish feeling so it had to be lined and it had to have really good quality finish on it and all those things take time so the first one was, yep, a small, maybe just slightly larger than a coin purse zipper section. I was really proud of it. I lined up all the, the patterns of the spinnies bag so it looked like a miniature spinnies bag uh, with a zip on it. And I still have that one. That's the one uh, that I think our adopted dog tried to chew that I managed to get off. <laughs> Naturally, yeah. Of course. Um, but no, this, I look back on it now and I think, oh God, you know, in such a short time, how much you've learned and come along since that first one. I mean, I couldn't have sold that first one at the time. I thought it was wonderful. And what's the timeline on this? Because I think, you know, going back to 2017, having the idea of this is what I want to do. I want to do something in sustainability. Does that timeline exist fully in 2020 with the with the spinnies bags? Or are we going back further? Um, no, definitely it was COVID. I mean, before you're making a living like everyone else, you have to put your desires in the back seat and you go to work and you just do your best with what you can do. So it was only whenever the freelance work had stopped and you get to a point where you can't watch any more news and you can't drive yourself mad anymore, you have to go and find something useful to do with yourself. And so that's when you just refocus, have a bit of positivity about it and say, okay, I'm going to go learn something, I'm going to come out of this with something useful. And surprisingly, it's really launched in a way that I would never have imagined like, who would launch a business in the middle of COVID. Um, but I've been so grateful that that actually happened. There are a number of stories. And I think in the rest of the season, we'll see people that have, you know, knowing your neighbors are, it could be something like your neighbors aren't, you know, don't have enough food. Right. And so how do we, how do we cover that? Or a lifelong project can be realized that taking this time is, is important and kind of just refocusing. Um, so for the other materials that aren't the spinnies bag, how did you source those? Because we're in a lockdown. 
you want to use sustainable products, how on earth did you find them? Mm. Uh, a good rummage through the cupboards and my poor boyfriend's wardrobe has been decimated, which has been great. There's tons of things that I couldn't wait to get out of his wardrobe that <laughs> have now been shredded to pieces and made into other things. Uh, so mostly we had curtains that were the, in the entire okay. villa. So there was maybe five or six sets of these beige curtains that matched the colour of the walls, which we'd put in the cupboard because I hate to throw things out. Um, and they were beautiful quality. And so they'd gone into the cupboard and then when I was looking for material they came out and I thought okay cool this is actually works really well mm -hmm. together um, and so that's where I came up with the first limited edition range so it's limited edition until the curtains run out. It's <laughs> a very nice spin on that yes these are <laughs> limited quantities because we only have this many curtains yeah. <laughs> well that's it let's call it like it is you know once the curtains are gone yeah. that's that yeah. so on to the next one after that. Last season, we um, spoke to the women who are behind um, boomerang bags. And it's the same thing, that a curtain can become a bag, a sheet can become a bag, anything can become a bag. Um, and why would you just throw it out? It's perfectly usable materials. Um, so is that something you still are looking for from the community? Or how? what's the sort of interaction where if someone was listening to this and they might have a pro, you know, something usable? Or how are you kind of approaching the next maybe three to six months? It's uh, two-pronged. So definitely there's an element of community and don't throw things out. There's something that stuck with me years ago. I heard Google, when they used to interview their new recruits, um, they would ask a question for the open-ended ones to get more of a creative thinker rather than the logistical, analytical ones they would usually end up with. And one of them was, how many uses, you have two minutes, how many uses can you think of for a blanket? Go. And so they would ask these people, and it was the same with a brick. And so it made you think outside of what it was made for and how it can actually be broken down into the material that it's made from and what you can do with that again. And so it's the same thing when you look at perhaps a dress that you have at home that you love, that has sentimental value that you can't wear or don't wear anymore it can be repurposed into something that you can love again. And yeah. so just look at the material, look at what it is. That's exactly that. I had a number of t-shirts. I was in marching band, total band geek, and I have no problem saying that. And I had all these shirts and they have super sentimental value. I couldn't imagine giving them away. So I had a, a seamstress, not myself, of course, build a beautiful quilt and, and I still have that. And it's my school colors and all the rest of it. But you're right, there are other options for clothing or curtains or whatever it is. For sure. Oh, that's super nice. Well, so it's something that I would offer as well. I would offer a discount to people if they wanted to bring their own material and they had some ideas. Oh. I said, yes, donate your you know, plastic bags, bring along your material that you want, and we can make something bespoke that would suit you as well. So that's a really exciting project. I've had a few people take me up on that. So I was reading on your website, and I loved the phrase bags of gratitude. Maybe you could speak more of what it means to you. Yeah, I think... Um, so I used to work for a designer in Ireland and I came across a gentleman, uh, Glenn Adamson, and he wrote a book that was Fewer Better Things. And it was about surrounding yourself with objects that have a story and that are meaningful and that are made with a certain um, energy as such. And I believe that. I think I'm very much on the lines of um, meditation and raising your vibrations. And I think that the things you surround yourself with carry an element of the person and where they came from and all the journey that they have been on and so it's like food as well when you're making food you want to be consuming something that is come from goodness and so because I take so much time and energy and effort and I have such good intentions with the bags that I feel a part of that energy is being moved with them and I'm so grateful 
for each and every one that I'm able to make and that somebody is purchasing and will like, I feel personally whenever I zip them closed at the end of the day that they're just filled with the gratitude. So I feel like when somebody opens them, super cheesy. I, I love it. I absolutely, and I think for people who are doing art of any form, and this is definitely a form of art, it, it has to feel that. Um, so kind of looking, because this is also very new, um, how did you end up partnering with the Jamil Arts Centre? Did they come to you? Did you come to them? Was it just kind of serendipitous? Or? They did. I've been so surprised. I've, I've just been at my sewing machine with my head down. And so these things have been coming, which is incredible. So they got in touch, I think, through Control All Dubai, which is a culture magazine who were one of the first to um, share the photographs. And so they wanted to include me in their uh, Jadafi allowed, you know, allowed um, program, which was full of incredible makers around Dubai. So as soon as I saw, you know, the other craftsmanship of people that were involved, I was over the moon to be included with them. It's such an honor. Wow. Um. So what? What is? Are you focused now on growing the brand? Is it a, like? What is, I guess, a good week for you? What does a good week look like for Peahead? It's sort of for me. It's it's jumping from new opportunities. So one of the small businesses, The Cave at Al-Sirkal Avenue, they also run charity cycles. And so they got in touch to say, listen, we've been selling lots of bicycles during lockdown. And one of the things they don't have is the saddlebags for the back that people are asking about. And they said, would you mind designing a bag that would be made of recycled materials here in Dubai to go with our bicycles? And they're such a great group of people and great energy that I was, you know, straight onto the next project without having to actually look for the next step so that's what I'm doing at the moment and probably exploring more materials and so again looking around here in Dubai there are so many cars and so many cars that go to waste and you think of the material that are in there uh, one of which would be airbags apparently once airbags have been blown they can never be used again yeah, yeah. so this material is really thick and really durable and if you break it down and mix it up with things so I thought it'd be really fun to have like seat belts and airbags and things from a car on the bicycle you know that would be makeup yeah it all kind of goes together I see it yeah yeah so that's what we're working on at the moment okay amazing and what is for those who do want to purchase what's kind of the best way to go about finding you and and purchasing the products uh, straight to the website's the easiest one it's it's in the name it's phead.eco yep and everything's available there and delivery within all the emirates or within dubai within all the emirates okay. yeah is there any feedback from spinnies right now have they reached out to you there has okay. indeed yes they got in touch after the the article in the the national and said thank you for the press and they said they would love to help the small business set up what could we do what could we think of and i was super excited I'm like oh my goodness maybe i can make you know a small range you know that can be sold there and i got very excited and so then after some thought and discussion i thought well hold on the reason i'm doing this in the first place is to reduce the plastic yes. and so the best thing they could do would be to charge for the plastic bags mm -hmm. and so i said that's something you do. So I did a research and it turns out that the owners own Waitrose as well. And they did run a trial in Abu Dhabi a few years ago. Um, when I spoke to the representative, he said that they were on the cusp. They were just about a week away from launching this initiative in Dubai and then COVID happened. So um, that's great to hear that that's where they were going to go. Um, it'd be fantastic to see that. I think that a lot of their clients and customers would be very happy to see that initiative and more than anything i've seen how it works it, it is annoying you go there and you're like oh no i've got to pay pennies for this bag and it makes you bring your own bag yeah. the next time so it works perfectly and um, so that's where we're at with 
Okay, I love that. That that would be, at the end of the day, that's the message you're trying to send anyway. There will always be Spinney's bags for you to use. Um, I could see you doing, do you know what is another iconic bag for me? I don't know if the plastic's right, but the Dubai Duty Free. Oh, yeah. That one I will always, if I was in any airport in the world, you can... You could see it immediately. Yeah, the Dubai true. Duty it's a Free funny bag. one. It's a funny um, one. It's really thick plastic. Yes. And it's something that I've, I've discovered as well when working with them. So you'll see in every plastic item, there's a little triangle at the bottom with a number in it. And it's usually from zero to seven. And that lets you know what the type of plastic is. And so depending on the type of plastic, they all have different melting points. And, they, and so there's a very different one in the Dubai bags where they have gone for oxy oxo-biodegradable plastic. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that breaks down in, they say, 12 to 18 months, but it actually breaks down into shards that you'll have seen, I'm sure, along the roadsides. It's like glass. I've never seen anything like it until I moved here, and I thought it was the sun was just so powerful, but it is what they're making the bags from. But it turns out that this, although it looks like it's disappearing, it's breaking into microplastics, which is arguably just as bad as any plastic. So there's a world of discovery in trying to work with these different types of plastics. Mm-hmm. And I think the airport bag is one that having ironed it and having melted it, the fumes from Goodness. it is quite, okay. quite okay. toxic. And I am aware that, you know, nervous system issues can be, <laughs> you know, real. So there's no bag in the world that is worth, you know, inhaling plastic fumes. No. So lots of discovery of those things no, that you just you. I mean, I wish I knew that much about plastics, but I'm sure in going through, you know, you, you came to the right place. And I think um, looking ahead, did I see that you're coming soon? Is belts a line of belts? Yes. Okay. I've already been a few. So I launched. I don't know if you saw on the Instagram page at the time that I was launching. It was my birthday in lockdown. And there was trending at the time was the pillow dress yes. challenge. And so we thought, great. So I was on with the Zoom friends and we all had our pillow dress on. We were having a drink for my 35th birthday. And so we, we took some photographs then, my partner's photographer as well. And so I'd had the belt and the bag that I'd made both of those at the time. And so I have prototypes that just haven't been up for sale at the moment because I'm very excited to, once I'd made the belt, I realized actually what's better is the dog collars and dog leads and so you'll know yourself working with the different charities they they're always asking for funds for small small things and so if you were able to make a range of doggy things donated to the charities that would make me very happy and also the chance to go and do a doggy photo shoot with the colors and these yes. would be just the best. I know about 120 uh, dogs if you need any. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's, that's next yeah. on my hit list is the dog things okay. as well. I'm very excited about that. I guess it's really sky's the limit. I mean, if you can come up with it and come up with a prototype, which just seems as somebody who, I mean, I'm an author, so I exist completely in a fictional world that's all up in my head. And you're here like actually building the things. I was just, I'm so in awe of people that have that can, can, Put what's in their head out into reality. Me yeah. too. It often doesn't work out that way. I mean, whatever's in your mind is, you know, a special thing that you keep striving for. Yeah. And I think that's... I guess kind of a last question. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there right now, especially as 2020 goes on, that might be in a negative space or might have tried something that failed. Um, was, it, was there any guiding principle or just what advice would you have for somebody who kind of has an idea? They want to do something they hopefully have the resources like you do. What what advice would you give? Mm, my only advice is one that everyone will have heard over and over again is keep failing. I mean, that's the only way to actually do something is by keep failing and doing it again and again and again. I have a cupboard full of failures 
And that's the only way that yeah. you do learn is to keep going. And so if you have a drive for something, that's it. Just keep doing it. I think that's great advice. I mean, this is probably not relevant at all, but I keep sort of gathering things. We, we got this table from Dubizzle. We've just moved house. And so we, we got lots of things secondhand because, again, it's the best way to go. And we only saw photographs of the table and the chairs in the background. It was very cheap, so we didn't think it came with chairs. And it came with six chairs. So we now have 14 chairs for the two of us in this house. And you'll see they're all piled up outside there. And so I'm looking at them like, oh, God, you know, they're just so dated and the seats look dirty. But with just a bit of TLC, you know, if we sand them, we paint them, and maybe I can make new seat covers from the plastics and the cork and the different ideas. So... I think it's evolving constantly with what's around you. And I think watch the space, we'll probably end up with some furniture items pretty soon as well. I've, I've gathered up other free bits and bobs. Somebody's lazy boy had split on them and they had, you know, bits of bobbles everywhere. And I was like, I'll take them all. And I mean, so... really, you could just go through Dubazel on a daily basis <laughs> and true. find material because people are, and even if you called them, they probably like, you know, if you can do the transport, you know, it's fine. Um, is there anything um, from the community that you need right now? So if someone was listening, um, that, that might be helpful to you. Mm, I would love if somebody was involved in the car industry and they were able to put me in touch with supplies for wasted car materials. Okay. That would be fantastic. So our automobile listeners out there, or we can just go in. I mean, yeah, I have friends who live out near Desert Palm and there's just a big yard of cars. Just maybe spend a weekend going <laughs> There. And the other thing, I mean, I have tried for days and weeks to find cork fabric. I think in this country, it's not, it's something that's relatively new and people haven't seen before. And so we struggled to, to find cork fabric. Are you importing it or are you? Yes. Yeah. So the biggest exporter is Portugal. That's where yeah. most of the oak trees grow and they have beautiful quality stuff. But of course, with the lockdown, nothing was coming in or out of anywhere. So it's been at the moment I made some table mats from the cork that I've had to start taking apart so that I can make bags from them because we're just so short and we're waiting for these okay, deliveries. So for those listening, cars and cork, cork fabric, we are in, we need your help. <laughs> I would be all over that for sure. With the turnover in Dubai, a part of expat living, I've always struggled with meaningful gifts for friends who are departing. Honestly, I will now look no further than Christine's designs. Best of all, I'm looking forward to her future projects and collaborations. So, how can you help this up-and-coming designer? Christine is looking for specific products to keep her line eco-friendly, and small businesses could always use orders during these times. This episode of CSR of One was hosted by me, Courtney Brandt, and produced by Chirag Desai, with support from Abhishek Venkat. You can find out more information about the show by visiting our website, csrof.one, and follow us on Instagram at csrofone. Until next week, remember to be nice out there on social media. Think about sharing something for someone else.